Welcome back to another episode of the USL show. Um, we have a really, really fun uh, interview for you this week. Obviously, no live show. You're listening and watching this later. But we're talking to someone who just came through and is one of the few people to have their U.S. Uh, pro license right now. We are talking to someone who came from a beautiful island of Bermuda and has the argument of being one of the most successful you know, footballers to come out of that beautiful island. And uh, he is the assistant coach and soon to be head coach of probably your favorite club somewhere, Connor Smith. Connor, how are you doing? Okay. I'm good. Thanks for that lovely intro. I don't know if all of it's true, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to start off, um, you know, I mentioned you being from Bermuda, right? And you talk about it a lot. That's something that you definitely have a big, you know, badge of honor, especially when you go back. I, you post about it all the time. Um, being an influential person who's gone through and had a very successful, you know, playing career, but has had an equally and, you know, possibly even more successful coaching career at this point. You know, how much does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think obviously I was I was born and raised there and I spent <clears throat> majority of my childhood there. I left when I was a teenager um, to go to school and I went to school here in the States. Um, but it's always home. My family's there. Um, a lot of my friends are there. So it's, you know, I feel like every time I leave and I do something and something positive happens, like people always watching at home. So I feel like I'm representing um, everybody at home. And look, at, you know, if we don't have many players and coaches working working in the game in North America. Um, so I just feel like I'm, you know, I'm representing all the people there. And I just obviously just try to do do the best and make everyone everyone proud. Um, you know, and maybe John, who's also joining us today, can correct me. I think the only other person in North America from uh, Bermuda is Zico Lewis uh, for, uh, I think, uh, Sacramento Republic. Um, but uh, John, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing well. I'm really excited to have Kano on, an amazing guest, as you mentioned. So, yeah, doing well other than that, though. Good. And um, down below, John, if you're watching, if you're just listening, that means absolutely nothing to you. Um, it's someone that uh, lives in the state and was around the area that uh, Coach Connell Smith was just around, in, uh, around the Charlotte area. Um, Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing okay today. I was uh, speaking before the show, but we're officially 17 days tomorrow the, on Wednesday until the USL Championship season. So it's very exciting to uh, be rapidly approaching the start of the year. <clears throat> Coach, I have to ask, when you hear that it's only 17 days away, do you get excited or is there just like a little bit of, oh, God, it's coming? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely excitement at this point. I mean, at um, after a long season and obviously, as you know, as a, a traumatic loss as, as they can get, like a, a lot of time away from the game was was good. Um, but then right around, you know, you know, obviously – it's the holidays right after Thanksgiving and Christmas. So you feel like everything, everything goes by so fast, but, and, um, you know, enjoying that time off. But then I think right around, all right, after we get through New Year's, it's like, okay, like now you're itching to, to get back to work. So a break was definitely needed, but, you know, definitely ready, ready to get the season started and looking forward to another really good season, hopefully. So I'm just going to go ahead and just uh, open this up for for John and Ryan because you and I have talked a lot. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I kind of know where, where your headspace is, but I mean, they have different stuff that they probably want to bring to table too. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and open it up to them. Yeah. Just to stick with the first line of questioning, obviously you uh, represented Bermuda 30 plus times on the na international stage. Uh, uh, Kayla mentioned like guys like Zico Lewis coming from the Caribbean and Barbuda specifically. There used to be a team in Antigua for three, four years in the USL. What role do you think the Caribbean has to play in the future of the league? And what should the league be doing to really develop that as a pipeline going forward? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because I think there's a lot of a lot of talented players throughout the Caribbean. I mean, if you look at Haiti, you look at Jamaica, you look at Trinidad and Bermuda and other, other small islands that are, are producing players. Um, I just think it's, it's not a, a difficult adjustment for players from that region because you're not going too far. And look, a lot of people from around the world have family or little communities all over the United States. And look, you go to Miami, there's little Haiti, you go, you know, you can go wherever. And it's just, I think it's a really easy adjustment for players from the Caribbean. So I definitely think it's a market there for the league to, to exploit um, and get players over and continue to develop the game in this region and, you know, develop our league as we continue to grow and, and get better and take strides as a league every, every year. I think the league gets better every year and that trickles down from the top level of the game and MLS improves every year. So I think our league improves every year as well. And to build off that a little, they had announced uh, last week that it was the U.S., Mexico, and Canada who had officially qualified for the 2026 World Cup, meaning there will be three available CONCACAF uh, spots for that World Cup. Um, do you see the USO like really having uh, an improvement and being able to help kind of encourage those uh, Caribbean nations to find a way into qualifying for the tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's massive, first of all, that the game's going to be in this region again because... I wasn't, <clears throat> I didn't attend any of the games in 94, but I certainly plan on hopefully doing it in, in 2026. And I just think it's really exciting that the game's going to be in this region again. And I guess I'm biased, but I think there's no better place to host, to host the World Cup than, than here. I just think you could host the World Cup in this country tomorrow and be no problem. Um, so yeah, good question about continuing to use the World Cup as a vehicle to grow. I think I think the smaller nations will probably really think they, they stand a better chance when you get three of the big dogs now, you get them out of qualifying. And I don't know the exact number of what FIFA is going to allow. Obviously, with the tournament expanded uh, to 48, there's going to be more spots for this region and every other region. So I think countries that have a good generation of players that are going to be available for that time or countries that have been planning and really have goals of of developing the game in their in their country really stand a good chance in, in 2026. I want to kind of, you know, talk about your coaching career a little bit and then, you know, kind of hop back to your playing career and just kind of jump all over the place. But, you know, your coaching career, one of the most interesting aspects of it to me is that, I mean, you did the South New Hampshire, and I think it was South New Hampshire, and then, you know, you went mm -hmm. down to Orlando Pride where you're with NWSL. Um, hey, I mean, it was when I talked to Johnny Dean, it, hearing how you were one of the people that recruited him to Birmingham because you were just in Orlando at the same time as him. I mean, that's cool in of itself. But, you know, now we have Birmingham has a W League team, right? You've been around the women at a high level of football, right? You know, what's kind of the difference between those games? And, um, you know, what do you kind of 
I I guess what are you excited about with just seeing just the W League come to Birmingham as well? Like, how do you think that will grow the game here? Yeah, I just think it's it's more opportunity and <clears throat> again another vehicle for to grow the game in this country and and obviously all parts of the game need to continue to grow and develop in this country, men's game, women's game, kids game. Um, but it's just another vehicle for female players to, to play at a high level and, and play, um, play during the college season. So I just think it's, it's, um, you know, and it's look, it's the South in general and Birmingham included in that is, is a, a hotbed for, for soccer, just based off a of climate, right? You can always play outside year round. So yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of talented players that are in the area. Obviously, we have good schools, good co- colleges that are in the area that you know. Obviously, we will probably pull pull a lot of those players from, and we have good youth clubs where those those ladies need places to play. So, look, it's I want everybody to play the game. So, the more people to play the game, the better. So, it's it's always a good thing that the game's expanding and continue to grow. Um, I just want to talk about just real fast. You know, you talk about you know the weather in Birmingham is great. I mean. Heck, this week we're about to have 80-degree weather in Birmingham in February. Um, for you as a coach especially, you were around Orlando, and you know you grew up in the Caribbean and now in Birmingham. You've recruited some guys to Birmingham, and you've been a part of the recruitment of guys to Birmingham who've never played in weather above 80 degrees, and then they have to deal with their first hot day. Do you just kind of laugh at them a little bit, or are you just kind of like, get used to it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I think no matter where you're from or where you grew up, like to me, hot is hot and cold is cold. So and I think everybody's like experienced it, you know, and, you know, obviously I get teased a lot being from Bermuda and, you know, when it's, I don't know, you get down to 50, I'm wearing gloves and I've got a hoodie on. I'm like, but yeah, it's cold is cold. So it doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference to me and you can make fun of me. It's just, it is what it is. But um, look, I, I think once, once you start playing, I think all of that stuff kind of goes away. And look, I had, in my playing career, I had one of my best games in the coldest climate I've ever played against, um, played in, in, in New England. So it's, I look, I think once the ball gets rolling, you kind of forget about that stuff, to be honest. The conditions is once you find, find your sweet spot and the zone that you need to reach, like I, I think everything else just goes out the window. Crowd, any other elements or factors, like I just think it, it goes out the window. Yeah, to uh, jump back to the stint in Orlando for a minute. When you were there for a handful of years, you got to work with Marta, Ali Krieger, Alex Morgan. What was it like to be coaching these players who are really at the peak of the sport in general? And did you find that there was any substantive difference with what you were doing tactically in training, whatever, uh, between the men's and women's games? Yeah, good question. You know, like you said, I obviously coached some some world class players and some uh, some World Cup some World Cup winners sprinkled all through there. And I think you know, I think they obviously demand a lot of you, and and they want to be pushed. And you know, they're on top of you. Things things are not right. And you know, obviously, it's as it should be. Like it's it's a high level performance environment. And as as a coach, you should push them. And as players, they should push you as a coach. So I think I developed a pretty good understanding with them. I think they they um, knew that I had a pretty good understanding of the game and, and respected my opinion. So I think I developed a really good rapport with all of them. Um, and I think, honestly, it's – I really don't think it's much difference, right? I think, obviously, yeah. different parts of the game, biomechanically, is going to be different. 
certain parts of the game are going to be faster. But I honestly think female players sometimes learn learn faster than the guys, and I think they they um they are willing to just take on the information and they're just ready to go and they just want to be they just want to be taught and like all players i think all players at this day day and age even even guys that we have here like they want to learn and they want to be pushed they want to know about the opponent their students of the game they want to know what their performance numbers look like um the physical output all of that stuff so there's so much information that is that is out there for them now and i think they want it and i just think honestly it's at the end of the day wall humans and people just want to be treated fairly and are you going to agree with every decision that the coach makes no but as long as you explain it and communicate and people treat people fairly i think it's, it's a lot more similarities than differences than people would think um so yeah that's that's kind of my opinion on on, on coaching the two 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 sets of players <clears throat> yeah I guess, so oh go ahead ryan oh i was just gonna uh ask like and uh just kind of like kind of when you were talking about just kind of like kind of preparing for opponents and everything i recall from last season and uh kayler talked about this a lot last year of just having that long road trip which obviously is very difficult during the middle of the year usl has done a bit of a better job this year in trying to spread out some of the games and i just i found it interesting with this year having everyone play every other team do you find it uh, at least challenging trying to prepare for these kind of road trip games that they had there's i think to even to start the year there's a back-to-back with loudon and orange county both being road games and i guess you kind of compare that do you find uh your preparation for games against eastern conference teams different than uh western conference teams yeah i think slowly but surely um you know obviously the first year um was was normal i guess so to speak right obviously we were it was a normal season and the next season wasn't normal at all and you sick of preparing for the same team so you you obviously knew knew them inside out um and then the next year it was obviously you played i think we played everybody was it twice i can't remember what we played the next year when we went to the groups of eight i think we played everybody twice i can't remember um but you were still really familiar and i was honestly kind of disappointed because it becomes it becomes monotonous preparing for the same teams and the same teams that you're going to know and I think you learn more by watching other teams and watching other people that you haven't prepared or played against so I really enjoy playing against teams in the west um you know it's it's definitely different uh, more transitional than I think the east is the east is is more structured but I just I enjoy it I I really do enjoy it. I don't find it challenging I find it refreshing after two years of preparing for the same opponent over and over and over and over and i think look if you have the right setup in your club and the staff it's easy you know i just think how we kind of do it it's it'll be one week that i will prepare uh prepare for the next opponent and then the next week somebody else can prepare two weeks out for the next opponent so i i think it's easy and we all teach each other about about the opponents like it's no way one person can know everything about one team um but I try to spread my knowledge out as best I can and learn as much about everybody. So I really enjoy it now that we're getting a little bit more of a sprinkle of the, the West Coast teams. Hopefully one day the league just gets to a place where you just play everybody twice, like most like most leagues in the world. And then I think you can get a really fair gauge of, of who the of who the better teams are in the league. Uh, you know, kind of speaking, whenever you're talking about, you know, when we were in 2020 and playing the same four teams over and over again, I and mean, we played most of those teams three, four times. And then 
2021, we were in those groups of eight and it was those uh, divisions and it was just weird. Um, as did just wondering, you know, during that 2020 season, did you hate Enzo Martinez as much as we did? Like, were you as thick of him as we were? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Enzo is definitely the guy that you um, hate when he's not on your team, but you love him when he, when he is on your team. And he's, Look, he's actually a really, really nice guy. Like, if you spend time around him, like, he's such he's such a good teammate, and he just works hard for the team. He's a good husband. He's a good father. He's just a really stand-up guy that just works hard and wants, wants to win football games. At the end of the day, yeah, probably I didn't like him when he was in Charlotte, but I always respected him because you can see he was doing what he needed to do for his team to win. And Like, you, you got to respect that, and I'm just – obviously really glad that he's he's on our team now because he's he's just a tremendous player and he he leads by example and he just he's a little energizer bunny and he's just got this um knack of knowing where the goal is and and coming up big in big moments so something you can't I mean, you can't teach that's experience he's learned over his his lifetime that's i mean <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, whenever I tell people, you know, whenever I got a chance to meet Enzo, that he was actually a nice guy and a really good person, people are like, no, 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 that's not the Enzo we know. I'm like, I promise. But, you know, kind of speaking of another guy that was an energizer bunny, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, Jonathan Dean, you recruited him and called him uh, whenever he got cut from Orlando and said, hey, come, come check it out and whatever. And he – you know, he was a guy that he admitted that he flew under the radar. He didn't impress anybody, which is just so hard to believe from someone who is arguably one of the best fullbacks to ever play in the USL. You know, what did you kind of see out of Johnny? And, I mean, were you ever in awe that he could run as much as he did all the time and not miss a single minute of action? <laughs> Look, he's definitely uh... – Guys, tremendous, tremendous athlete, tremendous speed. Um, again, amazing teammate. Um, and the story of how I saw him, I used to just go down to Orlando um, for the off season because obviously I spent I spent a few years there. So I was just there and I went and watched UCF play. Um, and it was easy, honestly. I just did my job. Like he was the best player. <laughs> he was the best player on the field. And I just, I knew his college coach. So at that point, I'm like, for sure. And I was actually sitting next to some scouts from Orlando City who used who are friends of mine. Um, and I called them. I was pissed when I drafted. I'm like, you, like, you guys, you guys knew I like this guy. And um, but look, it, look, obviously it all worked out in the end. And, um, you know, once he obviously got cut, I, I had spoke to him before the draft. And I said, look, I obviously hope. For your sake that you you get drafted and you end up in mls and have a really good mls career by said by the small chance that it doesn't happen like let's just keep in touch and then as soon as he got cut i reached out straight away and i said um you know look obviously we'd love to have you in um for preseason and i said look i would even the club will the club will pay for your flight to come in and um and he's like, well, I'm actually going to go home. And he, obviously, I think he lives in Macon, Macon, Georgia, which is, I think, it's like three hours from here. So he's like, I'm actually going to drive home. So I'll just spend a couple of days at home, and then I will, um, then I'll just drive myself up there. I'm like, okay, perfect. So then, then the rest is history. I mean, once, once he got here, it was easy. It was like one day, like we knew that, like we knew he was a good player, and look, we knew he was good. Do we know he was going to be that good straight away and being able to, as healthy as he was, never get injured? Um, 
um, run up and down the line, be important both sides of the ball. Like he's a tremendous, tremendous player. So I'm I'm happy for him that he's he's achieved his his goal of of making it to MLS. And now he knows, and he knows more than anyone that he's got a lot of work to do to to carve out a really nice career for him in MLS. But it's it's no other guy that's deserving of the opportunity for me. So I'm just obviously really really sad to see him go because he was an important part of our club. But really really happy for him personally. Yeah, that USL to MLS pipeline and really USL to Europe pipeline has been something we've seen a lot of on the player side of things in recent years. Uh, but an area where we've seen less of that certainly has come in the coaching ranks. You obviously are someone with about as good a track record as there is in terms of the badges and the licenses. But do you see MLS in your future? What's your ambition going forward as someone who's excelled as an assistant coach but is maybe looking for something more yeah i mean look i'm obviously really really happy happy here and i think i ended up at a really good club and at a club that has from day one my first interview with tommy he sat down with me and he said that you know i obviously want somebody that's ambitious and somebody that wants to be a head coach one day and not somebody that's just going to be a yes man and tell me tell me what I need to hear. Um, so from that day, we always just sat down and that's been a priority for him. And I'm, you know, grateful for him for, for pushing me to do that. And the clubs have been really supportive of me and, and going out and, and, and doing the pro license um, last year. Um, but I think being in a club that had stability is really important too. So I just think, you know, obviously and you guys know that I've interviewed for, for jobs and I've interviewed for jobs at, at all three levels, right? In MLS, um, MLS Next Pro, and USL. So, look, it's what's meant to be for me will be for me. And when when that time comes, um, and the move is right, uh, you know, I would obviously be be willing to and ready to jump on it. And I think the next step for me would obviously probably to be an assistant in MLS or a head coach in in USL MLS Next Pro. But I'm also really really happy where I'm at. I love the area that I live in in Birmingham. Um, and, you know, I think the club, again, has been really supportive and, 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 you know, I love the group of players that we have. So, look, it's – I know it sounds pretty cheesy, and I said it in the interview with the USL website, but I'm just really not focused on where I end up. I'm just focusing on what I'm doing day to day and, and trying to grow and, and be better and be the best version of myself for my club and my players. And what happens, happens. Like, it's, I can't control what happens. I can only control what I can do on a day-to-day -day basis. So, here I am. <laughs> You know, I, we, you know, I know you don't want to look forward and say, you know, what could happen and all that kind of stuff. You know, the looking forward right now is, you know, the immediate task ahead. But I do want to look back and I want maybe for you to give a little clarity to people. There's only a few people in the all of the U.S. who have that pro license. Why is it so freaking hard to get? Yeah, I mean, well, it's you have to um obviously you have to have your a license first um and then it's they only select i think it's 10 to 12 candidates 10 to 10, 10 to 12 candidates a year um to be on the course and there's obviously certain criteria that you need to meet you obviously need to be working in a professional environment is one of them um so you know they obviously score you like you fill out a profile on the u.s soccer website so they score you and it's at that stage, you can get to the, the interview stage. Um, the interview stage is where you then, they give you an assignment and you have to do a, um, you have to do a, a tactical breakdown. And I think what we did 
was a U.S. I think it was a U.S. Poland friendly that they had us break down as if you were the head coach. Um, and then you have to go down and you have to present it um, to three of the instructors, and, and then they score you on that interview. Um, and then they they narrow the candidates down to um, to the ten to twelve that they have every year. So it's it's a really it's a really really tough process. I went through it a couple times. Um, and I was really excited, obviously, to, to get the call and to be on it last year. And it was a, an amazing experience for me. So it's, um, you know, and I know a couple of USL guys that are going going on it this year. So, again, it's it's obviously going to just continue to help our league, help our league grow. Um, but, yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. So um, I want to just – there was there was a moment last year, and you mentioned the heartbreaking defeat at the very end. But there was a really cool moment. There were several really cool moments of that match, and then some really not. Um, but um, I want to talk about the first goal that was scored. Um, it was this really cool free kick uh, routine, which I'm going to pull up real quick for people who hadn't seen it. Um, and I just want to put it on screen for people who aren't watching. Sorry. Um, but it's this run up from Enzo that goes over to Juan who flicks it up to Prosper's uh, forehead, which no one's ever thought to use Prosper's forehead and not his left foot. Um, <laughs> when, when you know that that was going to be kind of whipped out and going to be used, were you nervous or were you just excited to see it in action? Honestly, I was just excited to see it in action. So we worked on it. Um, I can't remember what day, but it was a day or two before before this game. And we kind of we kind of just pulled it out and said, hey, let's just add this in there in case we get in this scenario where that ball ends up. Because obviously where that ball ends up, it's that free kick ends up. It's a really difficult place to to serve a ball in. Like you can't shoot from there. So it's just a really awkward. You have to do something else to that ball to get it into a dangerous area, in my opinion. Um, so we showed it to them and I showed them a clip. Um, we showed them a clip of, of a club doing it. We actually got it from Middlesbrough who did it like a few years ago and they, they worked on it and they actually didn't pull it off. They got a goal scoring chance, like a sitter and the guy missed it. Um, but we showed it to him. We said, Hey, look, if you get in this situation, go ahead and do it. Um, and then that's where the credit for the coaching staff stops because when we showed it to him, if you watch it again, the flick from Juan happened in the air. Um, mm -hmm. What we showed them, it was supposed to happen on the ground. But obviously, if you look at that play again, it wasn't on for that play to happen on the ground because Pittsburgh had too many bodies in there. So Prosper was obviously supposed to be where he was at. and He was supposed to get a shot on the ground. The ball from Enzo was perfect. The flick from Juan, they improvised. So they did it in the air. Um, so that's all them. They, they improvised. We just gave them the framework of what to do. Um, but they improvised. So that, that was what was really, really um, – really pleasing for me because again that's for me that's what coaching and and working with people and working with players is all about like giving them the framework and say okay now you go do it and they went and do it did it so it was look we we showed them um but what we showed them wasn't on and they improvised and it worked and look obviously they were really really pleased and really proud of themselves as they should have been because it was a tremendous tremendous moment and honestly Obviously, how the game worked out didn't work out great for us in the end, but that's probably one of my my favorite moments at, at being at this club was that. Yeah, um, just thinking about some of the preparation that goes into matches, I know from working very small opposition analysis roles the past two years with 
Tampa Bay and Sacramento that uh, the structure in every coaching staff really is varied. How is the division of roles between you and Tommy and everyone else there in Birmingham? Yeah, look, it's, I think <clears throat> we have a we obviously have a smaller staff compared to most maybe. So I think we just kind of really all kind of share the load. You know, it's look, it's Tommy can't reach every player and he can't meet with every player. So obviously we have to keep people 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 aligned with with what we're doing and keeping people on track and keep reminding them of what our core beliefs and values are and what we stand for and making sure that happens and look we i think they all need they all need love and attention so we have to give it to them so that's that's spread out and look we all share leadership roles as far as preparing for opponents we divvy that up as well and obviously we have eric avila now so eric's been with us he, he came at the beginning of last year and eric's been a tremendous help again he's a really good guy and he has he has his ways with the players he's obviously bilingual so he can communicate with people that i can't communicate with and he's, he's he just has his own unique way and we're all different and i think our staff is really diverse and we we can we can check a lot of boxes and um reach a lot of players the the, the way the way we operate so we divide opponent analysis up we divide set pieces analysis up and i think times it gets monotonous right so we switch roles so it just be one week and it's like hey you know what, Tommy, you take the opponent this week and I'll I'll take our team and I'll work on our video or Avi, you take the set pieces or Avi, you work on the opponent. Like it's it's no real hierarchy, honestly. Like we just we just do what we feel and, and do what works best in the moment. And I think we have a really good way of working, um, working together and, and dividing up responsibilities. And then obviously we have we have Dan who's great for the, the physical load and keeping keeping us all in check and making sure that we're keeping players healthy. So I think we've really been blessed to have dan i think dan's excellent i think he's one of the best best in our league at what he does and you know we the physical stuff we don't even really have to worry about because we know he's got it under control and he he reigns us in and makes sure that the guys are, uh, are healthy and protected so uh sorry ryan we'll say you got some Oh yeah, I was just like just looking ahead for uh, some of the schedule this year. Obviously, you have the opener against Pittsburgh, which is a pretty good opportunity as kind of a payback match. But you also have uh, games against, or all three of the teams who finished top three in the Western Conference this past year were all road games uh, for Birmingham this upcoming season. Is there just like a single game on the schedule that uh, you just kind of have circled for or the club this season, or just that one you're really looking forward to uh, coaching in? Um, not really from a football perspective right now because I think we played them all last year. It's honestly, I think USL for me, like I'm somebody that loves traveling and USL is in so many cool cities that that you wouldn't normally go to or have a reason to go to. So I was obviously disappointed we didn't get the Vegas trip last year. Like, oh great, Vegas, Vegas comes to us. <laughs> of course, we don't get to go to Vegas and um and San Diego too. Like I've never been to San Diego. So honestly, those are two places that I've never been. And when I saw that we were going to them, I was obviously really excited um, for for just traveling reasons. But obviously, Nate is somebody that I know well in San Diego now. We're doing the course together. So and I think he's a really, really tremendous coach and somebody that has a bright future in the game. And I love the way his team plays. So getting to go there and play them in their environment. Um, Vegas is like it's always seems like it's always changing soccer environment but they're always they're always good and competitive so again it would be another test i think they tested us in ways last year that we hadn't been tested at that point in time i thought it was a really really unique experience so again 
to go there and play them in their environment. And their environment's unique and it's <laughs> unique in terms of professional sports. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to see what gimmicks uh, that 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 they come up with while we're there. But just off the top of my head, like obviously we've been to San Antonio and again, another great place. Obviously San Antonio is a trip that I always look forward to because my mom's sister lives there. So that, that one's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, off the top of my head, I, I think those those three probably stand out on ones on the West Coast that I'm probably looking forward to the most simply because of the aspects that I haven't been there personally myself. Um, for Las Vegas, um, two two part question: If you know, you know, if and when we score a goal there, is there a plan for the team to celebrate on the the pitch side mattresses or? Um, <laughs> Who, le- who leads that? And also, if they start dropping money out of the helicopter again, are you leaving the locker room and go get yours? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's you know, obviously, I know they have you know what they have beds on the side of the field and and all of that stuff. So I don't know, maybe take a pre-match nap. That might be good right before kickoff. I might, I might do something like that. Um, but the money part, yeah, that's going to be really difficult too because I'm you know helicopter dropping money out of out of the out of the. Uh, out of the year, it's going to be, I'm sure, an exciting experience. But I think I'll be busy at halftime trying to figure out a way to beat, <laughs> figure out a way to beat them. But I'm sure somebody will get get some money out of it. Better man than I am. Um, you know, <laughs> I you know I do want to ask about the relationship that you have with not only Tommy but also Eric. Um, for people who don't know, you played under Tommy Stone. And, you know, Coach Stone is one of the most well-respected coaches in the history of U.S. soccer. I mean, the amount of success he's had just everywhere, especially in like the U.S. Open Cup is ridiculous. You've had a chance to play under him. But Eric is also an interesting one because, I mean, he's been around a long time, but you've also did have that chance to like coach him too for one year. Um, With You've all been able to – work with each other and play under each other obviously tommy not playing under any of y'all what's that kind of relationship like between all of y'all yeah i just think our staff's really like i just think it's the right blend of of seriousness and and banter and like we make fun of each other but then we know when it's time to be serious and i just think it's a it's a really good environment and again we're all really supportive of each other like tommy's done a really good job of supporting me and, and getting me to where i'm at in my career and and you know obviously he's somebody that's a mentor for me um and then look i not that eric needs to look at me like as a mentor but I at least try to pass on i obviously have at this point in my coaching career has more experience than he does so if i if i can gain, give him some insight into how things uh, work and what works and what doesn't work. Um, but he also shows me things like he showed me something today that we would do and we would work in and we was, you know, drawing some stuff on the computer and he, so he's great. He's great in that regard because he's, he just, he's um look, I, I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely not Steve jobs on the Mac, but I think, I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm definitely be <laughs> competent and, and he was showing stuff to me. Um, he was showing stuff to me that I hadn't tried and, and done before. So I think we all bounce ideas and, and get stuff off of each other. Um, so I just really think it's a really, really good environment. And um, and obviously with Dan in there too. And obviously we have support staff that were all that were all really close. And uh, it's just a it's just a good staff, and it's a good place to work. And I like I said before, I value like stability. You know, like I think our club has stability, and obviously that comes from the top down to to us. And I think our playing roster is, is shows that as well. We're not making as many changes as we used to each year. It's not. 
it's not rebuilding it's just like reloading now which is good so i think that's a sign a sign of a good organization so i do want to just ask uh, one more question on that the transition of being a player and then the coach right especially under like tommy and jay for that matter i don't know if you actually ever played under jay or not but um was it was there a moment of just kind of like this is weird i remember them being my coach and then just like you know tell me what to do and like getting on to me if i mess up or praising me when i do something well was it like weird kind of jumping into the we're now colleagues and not there's was that strange at all so I actually didn't play for either of them. Um, Jay was my teammate, believe it or not. Jay was my teammate in New England. Um, so that was the connection there. And then the connection between me and Tommy was actually, I he was working in New England when I was working in the academy. He was obviously mm -hmm. Jay's, assist, Jay's assistant. And I coached Tommy's son um, in the academy. So that was the connection to him. And obviously we, we, we knew each other and worked in the same building. Um, I helped them on preseason one year. So it's... Um, it was never really that transition of him being my coach uh, and Jay, Jay wasn't my coach either. Um, but then with Eric in, in that same scenario, I mean, I, he, he had just been coaching. I think he, you know, I think he had been stopped playing for two years by the time he got here and he's working, he was working in the Academy and at home um, working in the DA. So he, he already had that light bulb change and his mind flipped, you know, into being a coach so it, it was easy and when he came it was just like he had been he has been coaching for years which he had and he already had been thinking thinking like a coach and look but he's still he's still useful as a player in training like he played today so, and he he held his own so the dude's look he's you know him he's a savvy he's a smart player and that's that ain't going to go away anytime soon because athletically he hasn't declined that much so he's um look he's definitely has his coach at coach hat on and he's he's obviously going down the road of doing all his his licensing and stuff like that but he's uh he's, he's just a great guy to have around and he, like i said he has a different way than all of us to to the players so i just think we really have a diverse staff and we can we can cover a lot of ground and hit a lot of the guys and make sure that they their needs and wants are met so he he obviously has strong relationships with different people than i do and tommy has different strong relationship than I do and then what Eric does. So I just think we, we have a really good blended and diverse and balanced staff. John, Ryan, y'all got anything else? I think no? I'm good to go other than the stupid ending question that we are required yeah. to ask everyone here, which is, yeah. uh, so obviously it's, you've been busy with preseason prep and all of that sort of thing. But in your free time, in your downtime, has there been anything you're watching, anything you're doing just to pass the time and relax a little bit? Oh, um, I don't feel like there's re really many good TV shows on right now. I'm kind of disappointed in what's going on in TV. <laughs> like it's it's not yeah. much. And obviously, since House of Dragons went off, I loved I loved the Game of Thrones, love House of Dragons. So that was kind of a that was kind of a, a low when that went off TV. Um, so Eric, <laughs> Avi got me started to watch. What's it? Uh, Last of Us. So he's had me watching yes, that one. Okay, that's um, a great so one. So yeah, that's yeah, that's probably that's probably as far as the TV shows is is probably as my extent as as far as what I'm watching right now. But honestly, I just I don't think it's too many good TV shows on for me to watch. Like Netflix is kind of disappointing, and like HBO Max doesn't have much on. So outside of look, once 
the season gets going and, and, you know, between watching USL games for work and then other, other soccer games for pleasure, like I probably really don't have much time to watch much TV anyway. So, yeah. um, but yeah, if I had to pick one right now, it'd probably be the last of us. And I'm not sure of how I feel about it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's all right. I don't love it, but I, I do look forward to watching it, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on top of the mountain saying it's the best TV show in the world yet either. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. If people follow you on Instagram, though, they've seen uh, they've seen your dog a time or two. What kind of dog you got? Uh, I have a Doberman, so that's uh, that's his Instagram. I'm just on there. He just uh, <laughs> I just I just I just post I just post pictures of him most of the time. It's he's he's he, he loves it, and I think people get people get uh, get a kick out of the things that I post of him. So we haven't we haven't reached the levels of yet where we're um he's paying for himself yet but maybe that could be the goal someday. <laughs> <laughs> he's paying for himself through instagram i mean one of the things that i've seen recently i guess it started last year was the whole team just going out to this like one bar that lets you have all these like i have your dog there it's like a i don't even know what the place is called but basically it's just if if you've ever been around Legion uh, Instagram, it turns into "Look at my dog," which I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Alex and Eli. Alex and Eli lead that charge because obviously they both live in the downtown area. So what is it? I can't remember. It's called Bark. Is it Bark something? Birmingham. It's called. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool place. We actually watched uh, we watched argentina uh i think it was australia like we went there and had the dogs there one day so they you know they obviously serve serve beers and stuff so we just watched uh we watched the world cup game there one day so it was uh yeah it was good it's a good place um my dog unfortunately cannot go because he does not know how to behave around other dogs <laughs> he just gets he gets too excited so we stay away from dog parks and big big uh big crowds of dogs now because he just he does he gets too excited so we stay mm -hmm. away from those it. John, where are you watching? Where, where's uh, what's going on in your free time? Yeah, I mean, just to echo what Kana is saying, I'm big on Last of Us, as you anyone who follows me on Twitter knows. I pretty much every Sunday night I'm tweeting something about that, but yeah, that's probably my number one thing. And I agree, it's kind of a dry spell right now for like great TV, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I've I haven't this is I don't have HBO, so I haven't seen The Last of Us yet. I mean, I've watched, I played the game, so I, I know sure. what happens, but yeah, no I spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers here. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? Um, I saw the new Ant Man movie uh, last Thursday. I'm not sure if it's an accomplishment, but I think it's dating back to Doctor Strange that I've seen every Marvel movie on opening night from at least within that streak. But uh, that's yeah, what, it was seven, a, seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, including a. Uh, two that i saw when i was in uh, glasgow which was pretty neat but um wow yeah it, it was okay but uh yeah there's uh, ted lasso next month uh mandalorian uh coming up soon as well so th there will be good tv kind of returning as well all right connor i have to ask football coach how in are you on ted lasso <laughs> i like it you know i actually i do like it i watched what's it been two two series it's been two two yeah, seasons exactly. yeah um, mm -hmm. I like it. Look, obviously the football, the football, it is what it is. But what I think I really like is, is like what the takeaways is like his leadership experience, you know, like I think it's good leadership lessons in there. So I, I really enjoy it from that aspect. And look, anything, 
anything that's remotely football and got a little sprinkle of soccer in it is probably going to get me on it. But I enjoy it. I think it's a good show. Like the acting is what it is. Like, it, you know, some of it's good. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. But I find it entertaining. But I really enjoy it. It has a bunch of little leadership lessons in there that I like. So that's probably what I'm looking out for the most when I watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I think MLS like missed the boat on that one. MLS and Apple missed the boat <laughs> about get, getting him into somebody's preseason and doing like a little a little skit or a little show or commercial or something, right? I think they missed yeah. the boat on that one. But whatever, I don't work at the league right now, so that's for them to figure out. <laughs> so uh, when are when are Birmingham playing AFC Richmond? Can we can we get that one in? Yeah, absolutely. He can come take a session anytime he wants. He can come take one. <laughs> um for me um let's see i've been this one i haven't actually listened to it yet this is one i'm planning to listen to but my fiance recently watched uh the greensboro symphony do uh the brahms requiem which is now on my listening uh for kind of if you haven't uh for people who, or who haven't seen i always do a listening a classical music listening and apparently the brahms requiem was a really good one so i'm adding that one to my list so we can all listen to that together for the first time and for the three people that actually listen to the stuff thanks um <laughs> but yeah i mean unless anybody has anything else i mean kind of where can people uh find you to like kind of follow you on twitter instagram and just kind of keep up with you yeah, I mean they're both uh, they're both both my handles are the same, so it's just my first name, and then it's just a little play on my last name, so it's not spelled Smith, it's spelled Smith with two Fs, two Fs. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's what my that's what my friends call me, so that's why I go with. Beautiful. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for following along. If you watched, you got to see uh, the free kick. So if you didn't watch that, at least go back and watch that part of this and then you can turn it off if you're listening on streaming platform but even though he's not here tonight he's doing bigger and grander things we want to say thank you so much for uh watching and listening and cue alan's voice thank you for watching another episode of the usl show this and every episode is brought to you by the beautiful game network find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm once again thanks for stopping by And we'll see you guys again next week.